and welcome to PW Kids Cast, the children's book podcast from Publishers Weekly. In each episode, we speak with authors and illustrators creating books for children and teens. I'm John Sellers, the children's reviews editor at Publishers Weekly. Today I'm speaking with John Cheska, the former and first national ambassador for young people's literature and the author of numerous books for children, including The True Story of the Three Little Pigs, The Stinky Cheese Man and Other Fairly Stupid Fairy Tales, Knucklehead, The Truck Town and Spacehead series, and many more. Most recently, Sheska has been working on his Frank Einstein series, illustrated by Brian Biggs, about a young inventor and the two robots he accidentally brings to life. The first book, Frank Einstein and the Antimatter Motor, was published back in August, and the second, Frank Einstein and the Electrofinger, arrives in March 2015. They're published by Amulet Books, a division of Abrams Books for Young Readers, which is sponsoring this podcast. John, thanks for speaking with me. Oh, my pleasure. I was going to let you just keep going there. I love listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wasn't sure if I should refer to you uh, as, you know, Mr. Ambassador. I didn't know if if that's a title one gets to keep for life. How does that work exactly? Absolutely. I kind of like the way you said former and first. That's very, very glorious. Well, they can never take the first away, even if they take away the the rest of it. (laughs) They're not getting the medal either. It's got my name on it. (laughs) So to get to this uh, new series, uh, in a previous interview with PW, uh, I think you'd mentioned that the, the Tom Swift series of books that were part of the kind of spark of the idea for the series. Were those books formative to you as a child? Um, not exactly, because they're kind of ancient and <laughs> really kind of weird uh, when I went back and looked at them. But kind of the idea of the Tom Swift book, that it was really cutting-edge science when they first came out, like, in the 1910s, I think, 1920s, mm-hmm. which was kind of amazing that they thought about things like the electronic rifle and lasers and things that were just just starting to happen in the world of science. Mm-hmm. And I had just been noodling around with a bunch of science books that I was kind of messing around with. And I heard a great thing on the radio. It was a couple scientists who just said that's what got them started. They read Tom Swift and just thought, hey, maybe I could invent something cool like that. You know, sticking with your, your childhood a little bit, was, was science itself something that you looked forward to or enjoyed as a kid? Or was it something that you were more apprehensive about? Oh, no, I love science, even just like a little kid till now. I just, I always kind of loved finding out either what people knew or didn't know about how the world worked. I I remember just being gobsmacked by magnetism uh, when I found out about it. Like in the first grade, I was kind of like, what? Why (laughs) does it do that? I still don't know. It's still just kind of bizarre. I was working on that for book two. Mm-hmm. Try to explain magnetism is crazy. Well, it's like an invisible force that you can see, but you can't see, and it's yeah, yeah. And it can be turned into electricity, and electricity can be turned back into magnetism. And the Earth is a huge magnet, and it's still like, all right, now I'm even more freaked out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I actually studied uh, pre med. That's how crazy science I was. I just loved the science. Through college. I, I actually saw that uh, you and I share an alma mater at uh, Albion College. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. yeah. So, and you studied, uh, as you said, pre-med and also some English. It seems to set the stage well for, uh, you know, it for the series. It was a perfectly schizophrenic existence. I was that guy, yeah, like Dr. Ballou's comparative anatomy class, memorizing the bones of a trout skull. But then I was also writing poems for my, uh, my English composition class. Well, I won't make you uh, recite the Yotramphy or anything like that. Um, <laughs> nice. So, now, now, what about uh, your your teaching days? Uh, you you spent time doing that for some years. Did that at all play into your decision to sort of turn your attention toward a, a series that would revolve around scientific principles and things like that? 
Yeah, my teaching career just really informs everything I do. So I spent 10 years here in New York uh, teaching elementary from first grade through eighth grade, kind of everything except English, which was kind of great. And I just, when I was teaching science to second graders, it just made me reappreciate all over again just how amazing the world is. To be looking at like a mealworms with with second graders was just mind expanding. We had this great thing where we were doing, um, oh, it was like different forms as, as some some things change shape like butterflies and metamorphosis. So mealworms go from worms to these creepy looking things to then they to the pupa and then they become beetles. But we and we did this whole experiment, and the second graders finally accused me like the things when they changed to pupa, they just look like dead little bits. <laughs> and then we we like taped them in petri dishes. Then over the weekend, they all turned into black beetles that are crawling everywhere. And I remember this one little girl said, "Oh, you just came in and changed them." <laughs> oh no, we just blew the whole thing. But it's kind of cool that the whole world is like that. And and I was inspired with Frank Einstein to. Remember to try to how to communicate or keep that excitement alive with kids, actually. Not even communicate because they've got the excitement. Mm-hmm. But just to like connect them with things like metamorphosis or magnetism or electricity. Mm-hmm. And let's talk a little bit maybe about the, the structure of the books. Uh, each one basically revolves around a different uh, scientific principle or idea. Yeah, yeah kind of I grouped it by themes because I kind of had the idea from the beginning that Frank Einstein would be this 10-year-old kid who's a genius inventor. And then in a very smooth, writerly move, I gave him two, two robots so one can do anything and think of everything. And the other one's nice and strong and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just broke out all of science into six topics, starting from the very smallest with the first book and like the construction of matter. Uh, and book two is energy. And then it just gets bigger. Like three I'm working out right now is all of the human body systems. Four is all interconnected life. Five is the earth. And six is all the possible multiple universes. Hmm. Did you settle on those topics pretty, pretty easily? Was it sort of something you were debating and weighing around in terms of how many books, how big a scope you wanted to? Yeah, it kind of took a while um, because I, at first I thought, ah, I'll just do one book. And I thought, no, nah, I'll do a couple. And then the more I thought about it, I thought, oh, man, every topic is just kind of fascinating. When you think about interstellar travel, you're like, I'd want to put that somewhere. Or right now, man, I'm really a fan of, of biology and the human body. And I'm just like, I, I hardly know where to stop now of explaining like how a brain works. <laughs> I'm down at the cellular level and I think, oh, wait, wait, I better back up a little bit. Yeah, the books are fairly crammed with uh, information, to get, but you're also balancing it with, you know, sort of humor and especially with through robots and things like that. Is, is it something you were con- consciously trying to balance or something that just sort of naturally kind of flowed out as you, as you went through them? I think it's kind of what I end up doing, no matter what I, I consciously try. And I, and I love this audience of that kind of middle grade, like the 8 to 12-year-olds, because that's what I taught the longest. Um, so I just have this, and it's kind of like the science version of the Time Warp Trio. I just figured if I set up the conceit where Frank can be in these different areas of science, I can just like give kids that first entry into the whole realm of science, which is kind of fun. 
Mm-hmm. And you know, there's there's a lot of talk out there, I think, and concern sometimes about you know kids' involvement and interest in you know, these sort of STEM fields of science yeah. and technology. When you're when you're out there on the ground level, you know, talking to kids at schools and that sort of thing. I mean, does it sound? Are you seeing that? Do you feel like that interest is there? It sounds like you're seeing some of that. Yeah, you know what? I love that all the STEM stuff um, kind of popped up. I, I hadn't even thought of that because I've been working on this for years now, and it was just one of those weird things where it just kind of dovetailed which with what's happening in schools now but you know what also i've always seen teachers who are good teachers have always done this of bringing uh different disciplines to life and it's kind of what i did at school was like crossing these disciplines together like writing you know putting the the names of trout skull bones into my poems and kind of killing two birds with one stone i was memorizing all the bone names and then also writing the poetry <laughs> um but there really there's something in the air also about kids more do-it-yourself stuff more like the maker fair things that are going on there's really phenomenal science activity going on now and uh, are you getting a lot? Are you fielding a lot of uh, science-related questions uh, when you're out there? And do you feel equipped to to answer what they're throwing at you? <laughs> Thank God for uh, Professor Ballou and comparative anatomy is all I got to say, because <laughs> I get some crazy questions. I've just been out for book one, um, and one little like seven-year-old guy, I asked him like what he was doing in in class uh, with their science. He said, uh, "We're extracting DNA." And I was like, what? I was waiting to hear, like, we're making volcanoes or we're studying <laughs> static electricity. They were actually extracting DNA from strawberries. It's kind of amazing. Okay, things have changed. Uh- <laughs> things have changed drastically. Oh, yeah, another little girl also asked me, she said, is that stuff about antimatter uh, real in the book? Because you didn't really explain it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have to get into a little more detail. <laughs> <laughs> Something for the, uh, for the second edition. Um, yeah. Now, I'm sure you also get a lot of questions about your other books. Are there certain ones that are, kids are constantly asking you about when you're, when you're meeting with them and talking to them? Um, yeah, I mean, Three Pigs and Stinky always pop up, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and Knucklehead, which is the story of just the story of me growing up with my five brothers. And that I just get, I mean, I'll get stuff where it seems like a non sequitur if someone just raises their hand and says rectum. But it's actually, <laughs> it's the beginning to the punchline of a joke that's in Knucklehead. So it's I shot the other author. It's the signal of a reader. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not calling me names. Mm-hmm. It's actually connected with Knucklehead. Hmm. Uh, speaking of the memoir, uh, you know, in that book you talk obviously extensively about your upbringing uh, back in Michigan. Do you still get back to, to Flint or is Brooklyn pretty much home base for you at this point? No, I'm back to uh, sort of the Michigan area all the time. My parents are still back there most of the year. And then I got a couple brothers in Michigan. I, I forget how many. And then another one's in California. And we all get together at least once a year or so just to cause some trouble. Hmm. Uh, so, uh, getting back to these books, uh, you know, a lot of attention has clearly gone into their design. Uh, there's a mix of schematic diagrams and cartoon yeah, illustrations yeah. from uh, Brian Biggs, and it, it seems like a different two-color palette for each book. Um, were you heavily involved on the, on the design side? Yeah, very. Um, because I thought it was really crucial um, to have very 
just like the highest level of diagrams. I mean, I originally wanted to just take stuff, you know, like straight out of medical textbooks and things. But we realized pretty quickly, like that just, it wouldn't look good because you have to kind of keep the look of the whole book together. So together with Brian Biggs and this, the art direction crew and my editor at Abrams are just so good at design. I mean, they understand how it drives a book. And that always been, that's always been true of my books. Like that was Three Pigs and Stinky. I think that's what made them look so different is I was involved as the writer in the give and take of design. Mm-hmm. So we really, I love the solution we came up with. So Brian does these narrative illustrations that are from the action of the story. And then he's got a slightly different style for the diagrams where we can convey all this other information. Mm-hmm. And actually and he, show how things, some of these things actually work. Yep, and actually show how matter and antimatter combine or the difference between ape and human anatomy or how cows produce methane. <laughs> and Brian really is hitting his stride. Book two is even better than book one, which is just excites me no end. We're just getting better and better at this. Hmm. Uh, uh, getting back to your family real quick there, um, your, your daughter, uh, Casey, a couple of years ago, got into the writing game uh, with her travel memoir uh, to Timbuktu. Uh, were, you, were you glad or surprised to see her sort of follow in your literary footsteps a little? Oh, I was so thrilled that she did that. Um, because she's been a great writer forever. I mean, I remember reading her like fifth grade papers and she's just got this great voice. And then in Timbuktu, it, she had the perfect story. She just traveled all over the world with her then boyfriend, uh, illustrator, and now husband, Steven Weinberg. So it's kind of cool. They combined their talents to make this great book. And then they both worked with me on the Spacehead series. Uh, they were doing a bunch of the illustration stuff. Um, and the diagrams and the extra websites and working with the illustrator. So it's so cool. We went, I got to go on tour with them, mm-hmm. which was so much fun. <laughs> For you at least. Uh, hopefully hopefully the, that goes both ways. <laughs> <laughs> well, she claims it was. So now she's gotten out of the business a little bit. Uh, she and her husband just opened a, a bed and bar in the Catskills, a little 10-room motel. Okay. And Stephen's up there painting away and drawing his books and Casey's running the inn. Very nice. Now, uh, you're also uh, the founder of the literacy organization Guys Read. Um, What's been going on there lately? Wow, man, that's another thing that's just been rolling along beautifully. Um, Because now it's been 10 years since I started Guys Read uh, to be the web-based literacy initiative. And we just got so many great recommendations from people. Uh, People have started Guys Read clubs all around the world. In fact, I was down in uh, D.C. a couple weeks ago, and my a local Bethesda group showed up with their shirts on. <laughs> I love, they have one of the best names of any of the groups. Um, I asked them a couple months ago what their name was, and they were so proud. They said, um, we're the Stud Muffins. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, what? Oh, okay, that's an accent. The guys read Stud Muffins. We love it. <laughs> Um, but, and now we're also doing a series of books called uh, Guys Read Library of Great Reading with Harper. Mm-hmm. And there it's uh, the fifth volume just came out that's all nonfiction. And it's great stories by like Steve Scheinkin, Jim Murphy, Candace Fleming, just like the, the most fun to put together. 
You're good. Well, so now your career started in picture books, and you've since, you know, you moved on to middle grade uh, books, uh, memoir. Are there other types of stories or genres or formats you'd still like to, to try out? Yeah, you know what? I'm always thinking in different ways, different forms. Though I'm, I'm kind of overdue for a picture book. I've been thinking of a couple of picture book ideas. But I love this kind of middle grade, like the Time Warp and Frank Einstein. Uh, and I'm also considering a, like a young adult thing, hmm. just for a little bit longer form, a little more writing. Hmm. Are you actively working on anything else, or is uh, Frank Einstein pretty much commanding your, your attention for now? Uh, it's this crazy swirl of like all this stuff I'm, I'm thinking about. And Frank is two books a year, which commands a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Trucktown just took off as television. It's a 50-book program for preschoolers to kind of get them, and boys in particular, excited about reading. And just this season, we just started like 40 episodes uh, up in Canada with this group called Nelvana of Trucktown TV. So I've been producing that also. Oh, so I'm kind of insanely busy. <laughs> Very good. Well, an ambassador's work is never done. Yeah, exactly. So, well, uh, congrats again on the new series, and thanks again for speaking with me. Oh, my pleasure. Once again, I've been speaking with John Cheska, the former National Ambassador for Young People's Literature, and most recently, the author of the Frank Einstein series, published by Amulet Books. Thank you for listening to PW KidsCast. 